As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back yes. to the first episode of The Beat in a Long Time. I am, of course, Nick Carpenter, along with Brendan Quinn. And we've been trying to do this for a minute, I think, and then we just didn't. So uh, we're back now. It's been a month, I think. Um, has it been a month? I think it has. I looked at it yesterday, and that's why I was like, hey, we need to do one of these, man. Uh, it's, been, <laughs> it's been a month. Sorry, and everyone. frankly, I mean, you know, there's not a lot to talk about in, in this time of year. And the schedules are weird, and it's vacation time and everything else. And, you know, I don't. to, to be fair, I don't think people have harassed us or anything so um but so. it's summertime and we figured uh now is as good time as any to catch up and uh maybe talk to the folks a little bit so that's what we're gonna do today how are we doing brendan i'm fantastic nick i know you're at a golf tournament as we speak you look tired <laughs> that would be you got a beer going so that's good i got a beer going it's a uh, late afternoon thursday yeah we're Made about Made the mistake of going out with uh, our old pal Dan Kilbridge last night. Oh, for God's uh, sake. So that, what time did you get up today? Uh, uh, noon? Or did you make it up to the course? Oh, no, no, no. I I, I got I was up bright and early. <gasps> oh, boy. Not exactly operational. Yeah. Wouldn't have been ready for a tea time if I had one myself. But I was up and at the course and uh, at least looking like I was working. <laughs> you know? Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So You're yeah, standing. dragging ass a little bit. Got a beer to try to uh, kick this thing back into <laughs> into gear. I'm covering the Memorial, which is a Jack Nicholas uh, tournament down yep. in Columbus. So I'm in the land of herbs. That's and, true. And Herb Street and all the boys. And uh, now are you downtown? So I, I went to a I went to a Hyde Park uh, in Dublin, it's a steakhouse. Oh okay. Uh, Tuesday night with some people. That's a nice area. And all of their. Um, all their stakes were named after former Buckeye State football folks. So there's oh, the yeah. Urban Meyer, and there's the Jim Trestle, and <laughs> and the 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 Woody, would you get and the Herb Street? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, it's a whole a whole section of the restaurant or of the menu. What is this? The uh, 
I don't know, toxic masculinity section of the. <laughs> well, what did you get? The, which, which steak, which coach did you order? I went. The I Eddie went George? The Her- I went with the. I, if there was an Eddie George, I, I would have gotten yeah. the Eddie George. I would have gotten the. If there was a Joey Galloway. Yeah, right. A Sean if Springs. If there was a Bobby, a Bobby Hoying, maybe I, I would have been okay with. Andy Katz and uh, Moyer would have been like a lamb burger or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember Katz. I still remember that dude on the cover the of that cat? side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. He was a monster. Yeah. Uh, but no. So you got the Herb those, Street, huh? How about that? I went with the Herb Street. It was a 22 ouncer. Hmm. It was a monster. But I wanted the urban, but What's I just that? couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to do it. It was like a reasonably sized, you know, like yeah. New York strip. That's what I wanted, but I, I just couldn't. I'm like, that's just bad mojo, bad karma, bad everything. I saw um, that uh, somebody floated that Fox was considering hiring him again for um, college herbs. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that actually happened or didn't happen. Now I, I just saw it was considered, and I'm just like, what? Okay, like what? What does he have credibility with any audience outside of Ohio? Maybe I don't know. I, don't I know. have no. I, I mean, he'll get a job. They'll hire him. Yes, um, I guess. guess. You probably right. while here. Should I? Should I go to the old town well, house? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So you're downtown, right? You're in downtown uh, Columbus. At, you or know you're that, in Dublin. Like, okay. No, no, no. The tournament's in Dublin. I'm staying at. You, you know that the Ohio State Marriott. Yeah. It's like right down by. Oh, the, uh, so that's sort of near downtown. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm on that. This I'm close well, to downtown. I would say this. Uh, downtown Columbus is great, as you know. It is. It is. A lot Where of great places. Where do you think Gilbert and I were? Right. Exactly. So I mean, I I I've <laughs> felt the way you felt at the at the morning of many Michigan Ohio State games over my <laughs> life. So I mean, I wouldn't want to sell anything short, but I think you do have to go to Urban's Pint House because I think not only. Is it a historical trip? I think they're selling it or changing it. I think, oh. I've, read, I think I've read this. Are they rebranding? I don't think it's going to stay as Urban's Pint House. I think it's changing. Now I don't know if it's related. I don't know if the two are related. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to make accusations here or anything. But I I think I've read that it's either changing or in the process of changing. Are you going to hang out with Landis? He's probably around uh, the Columbus area. Uh, right now. He, he I, could have, probably, I have not. I have not connected. He could tell I you all about. Uh, he could probably give you the tour. I would imagine. Unless he's out, he might be on vacation. Who knows at this point? I might maybe I'll drop a note. Um, yeah. But yeah, it appears I'm just throwing it into maps. Yeah, actually, the Pint House is in Dublin. How about that? Oh, okay. Oh my god. Which makes sense because he lived on he his house was on Murfield yeah. Village, yeah. It's on the course that they play. And it's a really there. nice area there. That um, that whole. I think Herb yeah, Street I mean, used it, to live there too for a while, right? Depends on what you would call a nice area. Well, but. it's. <laughs> Fair enough. In any event, Brendan is uh, on the course, at the uh, and he's going to do some Urban Meyer history uh, later today, or maybe later this I, week. We'll see. Um, I think I'm going to do it. I won't write about it, but maybe I'll just like turn it into a live Twitter thread. Just here I am at the final. Can you here find I'm, the seat? I'm here. I'm st- I'll give it the old we here. Do you think that you can find the actual table he was sitting at? Also, look if that thing is not, not roped off. Confirm they're whether not doing or not. It right. Hey, listen. Confirm whether or not there was a dance floor. You remember he said they were take. They were like, hey, they were yep. trying to drag me out of the dance floor. And I was like, I remember thinking, dance floor. Is he at like a B dubs or something? Is there a <laughs> dance floor here? What's going on with that? Like, I mean, there's things you can confirm in this whole situation if you're so inclined or bored at the memorial. But um, we well, do have questions very today. Distinct possibility. Yes. <laughs> We got all kinds of questions. I haven't read any of them, so I'm ready to re- just jump in. Yeah, we're right all over off the, the place. diving board. 
Uh, how are you doing? We didn't get I'm an update on, on your end. Doing well. Um, obviously, as people know, our jobs have changed. Yes. Um, so I have actually I've taken some vacation over the last month, which has been good. Um, but um, have been doing some lions, doing some uh, draft stuff, and uh, actually uh, for the folks next week, getting into some more college stuff uh, in the Big Ten arena, looking at um, some of the new, uh, not just with Michigan or Michigan State, but kind of branching out and looking at questions for all the new play callers, uh, offensive play callers, and defensive mm. play callers. So we're going to get into some of that uh, this summer. Um, so I will be back in the college neck of the woods, I guess, in, in some ways, uh, a little bit more than I have been, and I know I haven't been as much. But that's how we go, as people know. Brandon does the same thing, so we're all over the place. That's kind of our deal, <laughs> kind of our deal here, and on we go. Uh, I'm going to keep us in the basketball uh, arena here, uh, at least a little bit on on brand with Alex's questions for, for you to start, Brandon, as a little okay. bit of news. A little bit of news on the Michigan front. Uh, what's the fallout from Diabate and Houston staying in the draft? Uh, what's your and I guess that's a tip off for us to talk a little bit about that. I know that um, you're not totally wired into all that. Sure. Um, uh, the coming. I can cook goings, up some tips. But though, I think always. that you know you know for the most part what's happening, and I think that you know that's a sizable change, right, to the roster, yeah. but not something that's probably shocking, but still sizable change. Yeah, I mean they are they are younger and less talented than they were a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Period, period end of sentence yeah you know when when you had hunter dickinson um come you know not even test the waters and decide um to return for his third season um you started kind of looking at that lineup and said man you know like if they can maybe not even both of those guys but just hold on to houston you know mm-hmm. a, a lineup of uh Llewellyn, the kid from princeton um houston Terrence Williams, um, you know, Buffkin, the freshman. There's a lot to like there because it's built around around Dickinson. Now you're looking at it, and you know, I think they need to, I think they need to aggressively be looking to add talent, add add yeah. shooting, add scoring, add age. Um, you know, you look at this lineup right now. They've got uh, a guy from Princeton who's. Played a lot of games, but he was a guard in the Ivy League, and it has worked out for Mike Smith. And he could be just as good; he could be better. Who knows? But it's an up transfer from the right. Ivy League. That's, it worked out for that, one guy. <laughs> yes. So no guarantees there. Um, and then you have what three juniors in Dickinson, Terrence Williams, and uh, Jace Howard. Mm-hmm. You have one sophomore, Kobe Bufkin, and the rest are have not played. Right. So two red shirts in Cheddar and Barnes, Doug McDaniel, Terrace Reed, Greg Glenn, uh, Jet Howard. Like it is a very young, very unproven roster. Um, yeah, like, yeah, they need to go get. I, I, they got to get at least a guy. They got to get at least one more. Um, yeah, like they're not my, physically developed big, enough. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, there's just so many unknowns, and mm-hmm. it's just a it's a very curious um, imbalance of the, the the ultimate commodity in Dickinson, and then just the counterweight of that being all that inexperience, all the unproven's, all the question marks, rotation questions, like. 
there's a lot in that other basket and it to the point where I think it probably outweighs the Dickinson side of things of like when you're in the conversation of good good team great team okay team um Dickinson Dickinson gives them a chance at you know really having a special season but holy shit there's By a himself, lot I mean like there's a it, lot of question right. marks Yeah that's very interesting I mean I don't know I mean I I guess that's just how it's going to go. I mean, all the mm-hmm. time. I mean, that's just not not anything new to anybody, and it's really not even surprising, right? I mean, it's not. I think everyone there more or less expected this, or right? yeah. I mean, I don't think this is something. No, no, it's not shocking stuff by any means. So probably something that's being, I would, I would assume, is planned for as best you can because uh, it seemed like this was kind of a foregone thing for a while. Both these guys are going to go. Yeah, and look, I, there are still some really good options out there. Um, in, in the portal. And I think Michigan should be a pretty attractive spot. Um, how aggressive are they going to be out there and doing that? Are they, are they going to take a, you know, serious move on a Pete Nance? I, I don't know. I have not had you know, conver- his name com- here, yeah. conversations out there. Like, um, Keon Brooks, like there's mm. other, there are guys, um, Justin Powell, like, and, look, and this is not – I have not had conversations. I've been knee-deep in, in other shit. But, like, yeah. uh, between, you know, Juwan Howard, the success that they've had, and um, and the fact that there's minutes and shots available. Oh, yeah. Seems like a pretty attractive destination to me. Feels like, like they're going to get I, somebody there. Uh, yeah, right. I would think so. Yeah. But, you know, maybe they'll go the Michigan State route where Tom Izzo just kind of dusted off the hands and said, we're holding pat with this roster. I'm like, oh, okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, he has his reasons, but <laughs> I don't make a ton that, of sense to me. I don't see that happening. I would think they're going to add somebody. I would think so. Uh, like for all the reasons you just said. Um, okay, another one here. We're going to go a little bottom bounds for Micah's question. Uh, you'll like this, Brendan. Uh, with the new uh, documentary coming out uh, on the on the Red Wings Avalanche, did you see this? The documentary. I sent it to you, of course, or tweeted it at you. With yeah, throwing me under the bus, throwing yeah. shade from afar. Just wasn't even ready for it. My plane landed. I turned on my phone, and it's just so. Audio. Yeah, go ahead. First, first of all, yeah, your so thoughts. Well. Your thoughts on the documentary, and then second. Uh, Micah says, "What's the next great uh, Mitten Sports, Mitten State sports documentary that needs to be told?" Would you say mm-hmm. that is clearly number one, the uh, the Abs Red Wings, and in fact, it's interesting that it's taken this long <clears throat> for uh, for it to happen. I don't know if it's a thirty for thirty or an E sixty or whatever it is, but I have to think that ESPN now finally having the NHL again, of course, um, probably has something to do with it, right? But either way, yeah. it's certainly something that seems overdue to be told. Really cool that they are telling it. But um, good question, right? Is there other... That result? team was badass, man. Yeah, pretty good. The, both those teams, was badass. Both those teams yeah. were badass. For yeah, no, I remember, years, like, I remember being, you know, as a kid back home, mm-hmm. and when Red Wings abs were on ESPN or ESPN2 or whatever. Appointment viewing. Y- you were watching. I, w- I w- did not watch a single hockey game that didn't involve the Flyers. Right. Other than those ones, yeah. Red Wings abs. I mean, it had so much juice. Multiple goalie fights, guys. <laughs> okay. Outstanding, yeah, like, just outstanding. So, yeah, like, so, is there another one in this state? There's not another one that holds up uh, in terms of 
of that. I, I think that there would there, there's some that would make the case that a Michigan Michigan State uh, rivalry, you know, because we've seen documentaries and things on the Michigan Ohio State side yeah. of things. That we we yeah. have. Um, we really never. Like, I don't think we've seen that treatment ever done on the Michigan Michigan State one, and I think people Fox, for a long Fox time. Did, no, 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 that's not right. Fox, Fox did one. Oh, I know, they, you're, I was, you're I right. They just did. They just did. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like. That's right. You were in that one recently, and it was solid. I guess I did but not like, make I, an I guess it didn't. Jesus. It wasn't like the H. No, but like no, HBO made a documentary on you know, and so yes. I guess maybe that would be the one that would come to mind. But in terms of pro sports, um, you know, Pistons, Lakers, Pistons, Bulls, but like those are those have become yeah. I mean, they already did Malice at the Palace is now yeah. done. Um, I don't know. That's a good one. I, I, a d- deeper Michigan, Michigan State than what we got uh, would be in order, in my opinion. That was like a thirty thousand foot view in the end. It was I, fine. I feel like you you could do one on on Barry Sanders and the Lions and then walking away. And yeah, that's not a. I see what you're saying. That's not rivalry, but that's a good that. documentary. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. like I I think you could go back and unpack that. Um, that would be a good one. That would be a good one. Because you want to talk about a thing everybody remembers that, you know, kind of changed. I mean, it did. It changed. People have their vision of the Lions being this franchise, and it's true that has been hapless for all these years. Sure. But, you know, they went from the hapless team that had a superstar to just like, well, now what? Right? Like the day, the day that he left, right? So that would be a good one to unpack for sure. Rivalry, yeah, um, though, I don't know. That's a tough one. Not a lot of rivalries, and that's part of the problem, I think, these days, right? Rivalry. No. It'd have to be a Michigan-Michigan State one. Yeah. Or Western Central or something like this. I don't know. (laughs) Something like that. That would be interesting. I mean, you could, like, you could maybe get into, like, the old high school rivalries in Flint back in the day and all those schools. Oh, yeah. You could do, you know. The old Detroit and and Flint, yeah. Yeah. Um, halfway interesting. Um, okay, let's good. go. Let's move forward here to Scott. Uh, topic du jour seems to be: uh, Will the universe collapse in and on itself if the Big Ten moves to a divisionless scheduling format and Michigan and Ohio State plays each other back to back weeks in the Big Big Ten football championship game? Uh, I believe it would have happened in 2018 and 2021, and then it would not have happened all the way back to 2007. So Scott's question more or less uh, has to do with the divisions, I suppose, uh, and, the, sure. and, and that topic that's been on the table. Um, I don't know how much you know about all that coming and going not, on it, but it's been... Not enough. What, bandied when about, would it be least. implemented? I, I, you know, I, on that front, I don't know, and I think the SEC and, and everybody, it seems like it's probably inevitable that it's going to happen. I don't know when it would be impl- implemented one way or the other, but I, I think that the thing that people bring up a lot is like from a Michigan standpoint and it, cause it brought, it got brought up in 2012 um, before they realigned the, the stuff and got rid of the legends leaders. I mean, it was 13, one of the two. Um, if Michigan and Ohio state play in the final game of the year and then they have to play again the next week for the championship game, is that like weird? Does that not, does that cheapen something, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my answer to that is, to Scott's thing, it, it's only it would have only happened twice in the last like 20, 15 years. So it's not really something sure. that I would be 
over-the-top concerned about. But frankly, the whole division topic to me is just another one of these, you know me. I mean, it's another one of these things that just gets in the way of one, you know, you either make a decision on, and I, this is where I've landed on the college football conversation about what you want to do with the alignment, what you want to do with the playoff, all this, okay? And this is where I'm going to land on it forever. You either say the top 40 schools in the country that have the money are pulling their football programs out of the NCAA and we're going to go into this super league over here and we're going to get crazy and we're just going to do this, whatever we want, all the money in the world and we're going to go hog wild. You're going to do that or you're going to get rid of the playoff you're going to go back to the bowl system with everybody arguing about who the champion is, and you're going to do that. One of the two. That's it. We ain't going to do anything else because anything in the middle doesn't work. And so it's either one. You know what I'm saying? That's where I, yeah. I've kind of settled on it. And all of the stuff in between, you know, I can respect people trying to make progress, but we're, that's where I'm at with it. It's like I don't know what people want, and I don't know where it's going to go, but you just ask the question, you know, when's this going to be implemented? And no one ever knows the answer to those questions, of course. It's always like, well, it's dependent on this. And, you know, the SEC might want a nine-game schedule now after denying it for years and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And all. And it's like, geez, I mean, my God, can we just stop it and get under one umbrella and stop this and get the national title thing out of it? In that sense, that with the way that we have it now, where it's just weird and balanced thing that no one's happy, if we go back, either we go back in time, or we go all the way forward. Because I'm done with the middle, the middle yeah. ground stuff, and and that's no surprise probably to anybody listening to this. But yeah, that's where what, I'm at. With what that are one. the what are the pros for doing it? What is the case for doing? Well, it? I think I think you could argue that you know in the way that it's lined up right now, you know the Big Ten East, for example. Sure. You know, the, the, the divisions are not Loaded. balanced, right? Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. And and I think that a lot of Michigan fans and maybe Michigan State fans would argue this too. You know, if you have the protected rivalry, then that would that would say that if you're Michigan State, then you always have to play Michigan, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then if you're Michigan, you always have to play Ohio State and Michigan State, no matter what. Or no, I guess you'd have to pick one or the other. Then maybe you wouldn't play. I don't know how it would all work, but like your rivals, like Indiana, Purdue, and Michigan, Ohio State is a different <laughs> rivalry right yes. football so it's like that's always been a conversation point where people are like that's not really fair and so to me when the divisions go if the divisions went away and the rivalry thing comes up it's like i think some people are going to have to be okay with not playing a rivalry game every year right i think yeah, that's and just no, gonna, and, and no one's so, gonna be okay with that so no and so and so that's unless, another unless i'm hearing more to, pros yeah. i don't uh, know I mean, you know, I I just, again, like, is, is, is there, is there something that can be done here that's going to, you know, fix the end of the day problem, which is the Big Ten's, you know, at a talent disadvantage from the NCC? No, I mean, it's not going to change anything from that end. So I don't know. I think a lot of it from a Michigan, from a local perspective would be is like, would it be weird if you saw them back to back games? And it's really only happened, I think, like Scott said, Twice it'd be twice in the last fifteen years, so I don't know. But I, to me, I don't know, I, man. The, I, the idea of Michigan and Ohio State potentially playing back to back weeks, I don't think that you got it cool. I, I think it'd be cool, and yeah. I think that that the the actual game, the regular season game, would even be dialed that much more up if you knew that you know if one if one of the two teams wins, they. It creates the scenario of them playing again. Yeah, you know, like that'd be 
And that's what you're trying to do. That'd be pretty cool. Well, I mean, ultimately, the the case for... And I I should have said, because you you said, what's the case for getting rid of the divisions? And ultimately, the case is that you don't have to drag an anchor into the Big Ten championship Mm -hmm. game and say that, you know, Ohio State, who's a Rolls Royce of a team, uh, you know, got an extra signature win against 8-4 Northwestern in the Big Ten title game. Like, what the hell is that? Or or they have to go walk through fire against a Northwestern team that has nothing to lose, isn't even in the same, you know, ballpark, right? So, like, I guess that's... And, and, you know, if you're going to continue on the way that things are and everyone's going to do it, then you got to, you know, you got to kind of follow suit. But that's the biggest, I I suppose, draw would be, you know, you're going to be more competitive, I guess, in terms of playoff selection. You'd be able to represent yourself best foot forward in terms of your champion and all that. Um, and as we know, it doesn't always work out where you don't get, we don't get, we have yet, I mean, how many times did we have we seen the best two teams in the Big Ten playing each other in the title sure. game? Sure. I mean, it's very sure. rare. So, you know, this this would, I think, do that. It would ensure, and SEC too, I think, you know, it would be, you'd have the top two teams playing each other for the SEC title and it wouldn't be Bama beating the crap out of whoever, right. you know, so. Right. Like, yeah. I don't care either way. Um, the same, same. But <laughs> yeah, right. I, any, but any scenario that like eliminates right, the games that you want to see, I want to see Michigan, Michigan State, right? And I, I want to see that, Michigan versus yeah. Penn State, even. You know, like yeah, I would I throw, you know, like I want, I want to see that game, and yeah, that means or and Michigan State, Penn I want to see Michigan, I, I Wisconsin, see, like, and Iowa, yeah, all of it. And if, in the sake of balance, that game's eliminated, and I get more uh, Michigan or Michigan State versus Illinois, Illinois, then I don't know. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that <laughs> so uh, I don't know. But it goes. Maybe it would go back. I'm to guessing the old, nothing will happen. I don't know. Yeah, right. I mean, nothing immediately, <laughs> right? So I'm guessing that you're right. That seismic change would happen before. This gets implemented to where totally, totally. <laughs> okay. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Moving right, what on. else we got? Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, we got this one from JP. We talked to Ward Manuel's recent comments on Bo Schimbeckler and the university and the press's refusal to acknowledge culpability on Bo Schimbeckler's part is something that Jack was talking about or thinking mm. that was on his mind mm-hmm. for us to discuss. Um, and I saw that that got brought up yesterday that I believe it was this week. Uh, Ward Manuel was on a podcast 
Uh, and someone asked him about his story at Michigan or how he got there, and he talked about Bo Schembechler. And sure. he talked about him in, you know, uh, favorable terms, I suppose, and then said yeah. something along the lines of not everyone is perfect or, or what have you. Uh, I guess the point being here is people were not happy that Michigan's athletic director spoke highly of Bo Schembechler, I don't think. Uh, but oh. also, you know, it's a topic that Michigan has to deal with. And again, it's something that gets brought up and it's going to get brought up every time this sort of thing happens. So I remember, I remember when I profiled Ward during Michigan's 2018 NCAA tournament run. Um, yeah. It was a shame. I learned a good lesson that week. And that's that no one gives a shit about the athletic director while the team is in a Final Four run. Because it was yeah, a good story. I remember that no, story. It was really good, yeah. Nobody <laughs> read it. Nobody. I, I read it. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Yeah, man. Um, I was really angry. I'm like, man, you know. That was a good story. And I hate everything I read. I'm like, man, yeah. this isn't bad. And then I just watched the next day. I'm like, well, I guess I burned that one. Oh, well. <laughs> so, anyway. But I remember talking with oh, well. Ward at length about... Yeah. Um, like him being a teenager and his parents and him growing up um, mm-hmm. around New Orleans and it was a very formative time and and he went into the whole story of Bo coming on down, coming into the family living room, right? And it was mm-hmm. like this legend walking through, right? And it, that's he still talked about it the way that he probably did when he was eighteen. Sure. You know, sure. and it was the day that that Bo Schembechler walked into it. like that is there, um, and it's it's an indelible part of his his story. And this is where how we look at um, past figures is yeah. enormously complicated. And like, look, I know there's a huge portion of people that are take down the statue, rename the building, and I get it. I yeah. a thousand percent get it. We've talked about it for dismissing. more than a year. We have, we, show, have yeah. we have talked about it. This shit that happened was atrocious, and who knew what? I have, I don't know, but you know, it's obviously a bad look, wall to wall, and it's immoral um, mm-hmm. for you know any any place to still kind of allow that lingering history to have a place in the present, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to the guy who played for the guy, right. like, I think there is a degree of leeway yet you give for like the person and their personal relationship and the facts of how we view these things, you know, that's right. You, this person now is, I just don't, I can't look at that as like totally black and white. No. I don't think you can. I don't think it's possible. That that like war just has like now, erases uh, this guy from his memory, but like you can still acknowledge the complications yeah. here. Of course. Um, I think he tried to, but maybe it didn't come off well for us. And I haven't read all the comments. I have no you know. But um it's into, into, the, into the person who into the person who claims that the press is a refusal to co- I, I read that I read Ward's I'm sorry, I read Ward's comments on this on uh Sam Webb's website, which is a fan mm. website. So for anyone who thinks that this hasn't been covered, I mean, I'm done. I'm done with that conversation. It's been covered. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been covered well, I think, thoroughly and well by us and other outlets. Sure. And I'm sorry if others nationally haven't, you know, that I, we covered it here. I, I don't know what else to yeah. say on that front. We did. We did. And so 
that's another thing that's brought up a lot, but I don't I don't know how much that was meant there in that that question, but in any event, yeah, that's part of it. I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it a lot that you know, and Michigan isn't the only place guilty of it, um, but there is. What's the right uh, word, Nick? Th- there should this, never have no, been this, a statue this, built, the, the, man. The, like I don't know the, what to say. Like you deitized a guy, when it and comes, you, now you, yeah, it, you it's, know, it's, I the, mean, it's that figures from the past don't do that who get handled with such hagiography. Yeah, it's just not that necessary. it is just borderline ridiculous. And when you're like, that was a real person, and I'm sure he had, yeah, all kinds of reasons that, and flaws. And and things that you know, people wouldn't like. Like, but when everything gets turned into, you know, everyone's treated like a one of the founding fathers. Here's what I'm gonna say on this: one. <laughs> Cele- celebrate. It gets complicated when you learn shit. Celebrate so maybe- teams. Celebrate teams. Yeah. Celebrate players. Celebrate wins. That's it. Mm-hmm. You do not need to celebrate anything more than that. Celebrate teams. Celebrate players. Celebrate wins. Anyone who says you need to celebrate more is doing it for their own personal game. This is college football, right? Yeah. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan's football program has had so many fantastic teams that you can celebrate on their own. It does not have to be individualized to one person. And I think that that's a separate conversation on its own. And I and I don't think to 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 whatever point that I'm not sure Michigan's trying to continue forward with a branding of this being Bo Schimbeckler University or whatever, but I mean, the statue's mm-hmm. still out there, right? And, it you know, is. I don't I don't think it makes everyone... I, I know that there are many that are not comfortable with that, and it will continue to be a something that the university will have to deal with, whether it wants to or not. And uh, that's my answer on that one, I guess. <laughs> as we go for it, it's been the same as it's been for the last... What has it been? Three years? Yeah. Uh, since the Robert Anderson stuff began? Yep. Three, four years now? So... Yep. Um, yeah, same as it same as it was before. So, yeah, I mean, and there's on, on the university side, it does seem like there's been I don't know how much of like a reckoning with that name that has actually been had in terms of like especially no, on a public scale. Obviously, there's been internal conversations of what the hell do we do? Sure, but like it's almost been like, hey, wait it out. And, yeah, right. And well, you know, like we'll, we'll make make right with the victims to do this, I but just don't, in terms of this whole, in terms of this whole can of worms of actually dealing with buildings named after people and this and that and the other. Right. It hasn't really it, You're not going to be able to just There has not been away. a head-on yeah. uh sorry. No. Discussion. Certainly no. nothing public that I've seen at least. And I would agree with know. that. I don't think All it's right. going to go away either. No, so it's not going away. That's what I would maybe issue maybe issue on. a statement or something at some yeah, point. Some, something at some point would be <laughs> would be probably advised. Uh, moving on to Motor City asks. He's got a two parter here. Uh, Michigan State basketball question: uh, What is your trust in Maddie taking a leap next year, kind of like AJ Hogard did this year? And can Michigan State win with small ball? And then a golf question for you: Thoughts on the LIV tour? Mm. Do you see the PGA making purses larger? A LIV champ can make more money in the tourney than a PGA event, yes. uh, and that's on top of committing. So yes. maybe you want to do the golf one first. I don't know. Maybe that's more interesting than the Maddie and the uh, – or you can uh, do that quick and then go to the golf. Yeah, man. Can't get away from it. I think I said this a couple <laughs> weeks ago where it's just like both beats between college sports with NIL and the transfer portal and then golf with 
<laughs> dealing with the Saudis. It's like, my God. Now, like the, the golf ga- the thing games, is fascinating, I gotta say, buddy. secondary at this <laughs> yeah, point. Right, um, yeah, so for any non-golf fans that are listening, a yeah. very brief overview. Um, the PGA Tour is facing a major <laughs> threat from the flank. It's um, like a Monday Night Wrestling War going on here, folks. It is, it is just an incredible <laughs> from the flank. situation. Um, so it, it, it's called the Live... LIV Golf Invitational Series. Um, it's it's owned by Live Golf Investments. Now, okay. Live Golf Investments is funded by the Public Investment Fund. It's an autonomous like wealth fund yeah. that's held by the government of Saudi Arabia. It, the, the government of Saudi Arabia is the main right. shareholder. That fund's chairman is... Uh, I'm going to butcher... Uh, Prince... What's it? Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman? I think that's right. Um, who's the son of Saudi Arabia's king? Okay, so this is where the money royalty here is folks. coming from, right? And now, and like anyone who follows sports outside of the box that is America knows that Saudi Arabia has leaned into sports as a way of yeah, what people call sports washing, and it's giving legitimacy to. Um, aspects of the country and yeah, you know, all the guys, yeah, you know, that's one you way and I, you and I have issues with human rights um, violations and right. killing journalists and <laughs> not giving women equal rights. That fair are, to say yes. that are are um, <laughs> basically just part of the rule in in yeah. Saudi Arabia. But the Saudis have also bought Premier League teams mm-hmm. and bought this and bought that. And, like, they are in sports. Very involved, yes. And there are other countries that have human rights issues mm-hmm. that are deep in sports. And everything's very entangled and getting more entangled. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so Live Golf is putting on this, like, rogue tour <laughs> where it's basically... Uh, offering just insane sums of money to the best players in the world. Some have taken them. The yeah. reports are that Dustin Johnson got $150 million up front <laughs> without playing to join, to join this tour. Now, I'm sure, I, I'm guessing the 150 it has to include land holdings and, or, 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 well, or like a percentage still. of profits. I have no idea. But he's just got an out... Outrageous amount of money. Yeah. And that, now he gets to go play. He's going to clearly be the best guy on this tour. And the sums of money for their events dwarf the PGA Tour. Right. Like, the, the total purse, I think, this week at Memorial is like three and a half or four million. So that's right. divvied up amongst all, all the, the players. Yeah, right. The winner <laughs> of the first Saudi event, which is in two weeks in London, June 9th through the 11th. The winner... By himself, yeah. four million, boom, in the pocket for three days of work, um, on bullshit major. course yeah, yeah, right. with bullshit yeah. competition, shotgun starts. It's going to be a total clown car in terms of like act an actual golf product, right? But um, but all the money is there, and Ooh. they've got some big names. They got Louis Oosthuizen, in Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia. Um, one of the more wow. interesting names is a guy named Taylor Gooch, who most of people don't know, but he's like 
a pretty damn good 30-year-old PGA Tour player who's walking. And wow. Interesting. The, you know, the tour is now mm, in big trouble here. Yeah. They're in trouble. And there's the question of do they just outright ban anyone who participates in this tour? Then they have not said what they're going to do. Hmm. Despite the fact that the shit is happening in like nine days. Yeah, it's already um, started, so I don't know they, if that's they, the, the theory that a lot of people here have is that, you know, they will announce what the sanctions are on these players when a when the first ball is struck at that tournament. Uh, <sighs> okay. Which that's like a bit dramatic. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I kinda like that. Yeah, I think that's that's, that's, that's a bit that's a dramatic, play. all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is the guy from Happy Gilmore running the PGA? What's that guy? He's like, this is good for the game. God damn it. So, so yeah. Um, everyone's kind of walking around, like, really uneasy with the whole thing. And everything's going to be different once this tour begins. Um, like, the U.S. Open is going to be the following week. And there's probably going to be upwards of 15 to 18 players in that event who played in the Saudi yeah, right. event, you know, and it's like, are these guys going to be walking around like the sharks and the jets? Like, you know, like there's one, one side of the cafeteria and the other side of the cafeteria. I don't think so. I don't think the players are particularly. Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you think the players care at all? Like, no, but the fan, you know, the yeah. US opens in Boston. It's going to be a bunch of drunk Boston fans yelling at, you know, Sergio yeah. and Lee Westwood and DJ. Like that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, what do I think? I mean, the there PGA could be Tour a protest. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, there, there's layers, and, and, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really funny because you know it all also <laughs> the the whole thing bleeds into like there are two sides of the fence on every single thing, right? And now, like, you have uh, the freedom of competition folks that are like. Why shouldn't these guys be allowed to go play in this field? They, they, right. The NBA deals with China. Why can't these golfers deal with Saudi right. Arabia and take that money? And whatever, man. I mean, if that's <laughs> sure, but um, <laughs> it is. It, there's very much like one side and the other side, and that's how yeah. you feel about it. And there's no middle. Sure, and, sure, sure. <laughs> and it, it really can't follows a lot of the other lines that are out there. Um, but the question was, what do I think? And this is the more yeah, interesting PGA, conversation. What are they going to do? This yeah. is the more interesting conversation. What do I think the PGA Tour should do? I think the only real solution here is that they've always stood by this whole, like, we only pay, like, you earn your keep. Like, you compete for what you earn. That shit is over with. That's over you with, need, yeah. You need to get rid of that yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you go into the year saying, okay, you know. Let's look at last year's FedEx Cup standings. Those top 20 players, you go into the following year and, you know, your year salary, as if you were in a, the NFL or whatever, you yeah. get you get $15 million for your year membership on this tour and you don't play any other tours. And yeah. the guys 20 to 50, you get $17 million, right? Mm-hmm. And right on down the line. And, but you have to come up with upfront money that oh, yeah. secures those guys for the year. Um, it's kind of insane that they don't already have that, to be honest. Here's the thing. Or something the PGA along the tour, lines. The PGA Tour is very similar to our friends. Here we go. Here we go. The NCAA. Yeah. 
Yeah. Where now we've arrived at the real problem. <laughs> <laughs> if you today, if you and I were to sit down and be like, let's design professional golf. There's this yeah, new pro- sport, golf. <laughs> Let's design the league that is going to conduct Sanctioned the competition. Goals, yeah. Nobody ever would have designed the way that the BGA Tour <laughs> operates. Nobody ever. And the same it's the same thing with the NCAA, where it just came out of nowhere because schools wanted to start making money on football. Mm-hmm. And then they just started throwing Bullshit yeah, on top of stuff. bullshit yeah. on top of bullshit. Well, now we got to do it, this now. Yeah, right. And yeah. it ended up with a 600-page rule book that says you can't put cream cheese on bagels during an official <laughs> visit. You're like, well, I think I think we're past the point of what the initial purpose of this was, folks. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's – the PGA Tour is going to have to fundamentally change what it is. And that gets really complicated because the PGA Tour – Operates with a tax exemption as a nonprofit, <sighs> which is also, <laughs> which is also outrageous. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> what is happening here? So the so the Saudi golf league is nothing more than just a disruptor to a to a stale marketplace. Is that what you're telling me? With the shock, with the shock yeah, as the right. front man. Yes, Greg Norman himself. The shark, Ru- yeah, that's right. Running point, all hell breaking loose, terrorizing golf. Yeah. But you're there. <laughs> well, guys this are gonna make going money, to be right? Like, really uncomfortable for a lot of people when they host yeah. this event in London, and Matt Jones, the eighty whatever ranked player in the world, wins and yeah. walks with four million dollars, and you're gonna have guys. Justin uh, Thomas, right? Patrick Cantlay, Victor Hovland, uh, all these like under 30 guys who are just going to be looking at that being like, what the <laughs> fuck? I could beat that field with four clubs in my bag. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> so like, how do you counter that? And right. if it's only threats, if it's only the threats of tournament bans or PGA Tour bans. It cannot be may- bans, man. Maybe, you know maybe, that. Maybe not playing in a major or not getting your Augusta Invitational. That will hold back some people. Some you know, some people will be like, hey, man, I play golf because I want to win majors and I have enough money, so I don't give a shit. I'm not going to risk that, right? Yeah, but some they're not going to be told what to do. Some will. You know, some yeah. will follow that line. And, so, and the other thing is the PGA Tour has Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods is a loyalist, and he has come out and been like, I'm with the tour. And yeah. there are guys who play who idolize Tiger Woods that are like, well, that's something. Yeah, if that's Ta- like, like Justin Thomas is like, if Tiger's over here, then I'm over there. Period. Sure. End of sentence. You know? So yeah. there will always be that group. But there's going to be guys who aren't going to say, no, for sure. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go make all this money for the next five years, and then I'm going to go into golf course design, and none of you will ever see me again. And I'm totally <laughs> okay with that. You know? And if you lose... Five, six, seven, eight of the top twenty players in the OWGR. That's official world golf rankings. Well, you have a diluted, shitty product at that point. And right. the PGA Tour, which already struggles with their events drawing enough interest and being important enough and like people caring about week to week events. Oh yeah. You dilute those fields even more. Buddy, I mean, 
Yeah, bad something news. Change. Something bad change news. Here, one way or the other. Yeah. Bad news. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Maddie so, uh, and the Spartans there? That was a yeah, I mean, part I don't, of that question. I, 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 uh, <laughs> We're too early on that? No. I mean, I've seen Maddie Sissoko play a, a lot of basketball. And I don't think he's a guy who's ready to go and play 25 minutes at this level. So I think they should have gotten a center. And they haven't. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. You know, like, that's the fact of the matter. And I don't know if it's a stubbornness yeah, a thing. questions about that, too, yeah. I, I don't know if it's a stubbornness thing. I, I, But there's just no way you can, there's, like, mount a real case that's like, yes, it's time to lean all the way in on Maddie Sissoko this year. <laughs> well, there you go. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One more golf question for you before I go back. Jeff, uh, as longtime listener, Jeff says, never purchased his own set of clubs. Uh, he's returning to the game after 15 years away, uh, and he's been playing. He played with hand-me-downs as a kid, so he's asking you for recommendations. Don't need to be top tier, but maybe something above average. You got you got any uh, suggestions for him there on what to get, like a good starter? Yeah. So he's not clueless at golf, but someone who hasn't been in the game for a minute. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's always a lot of it's going to deal with what kind of your your price point is, um, but like just getting very kind of basic. Um, well, first of all, you know, if you want to buying used versus buying um, brand new clubs, so brand new yeah. versus used, like you can get really good, inexpensive, refurbed or used clubs that you can even get like off the factory sites. Um, like Callaway's got really good used, um, uh, like officially, you know, taken care of club right. and all that shit. Um, it's a decent site, but um, like all in, you're going to be looking at probably six to 800 bucks. Um, you know, I, I think just getting like a basic ass set of, of Callaway's like Callaway edge, I think is like their like beginner kind of game improvement set. Um, and you can buy like the 10 piece thing where you get the woods and the irons and the wedges yep. and a put and like an odyssey putter or something like that. That's probably your best bet. You can get that shit at Costco. Um, no kidding. Yeah. So I think just start there and yeah, you know, it's not a bad idea. Get like, get, get a set of clubs that, you put in the bag and you show up at a golf course. You don't look ridiculous. 
right? But then also don't go out and spend, you know, yeah, yeah, $1,300 yeah. on something that might end up sitting in the garage for for yeah. a year or two before, you know, you give them to the neighborhood kid down the street because he wants to get into golf. Um, <laughs> like, Sounds like you've seen that happen before. That's yeah, funny. yeah. Well, a, a, a number of buddies have reached out when we were going through this. I was trying to pull up a text conversation I had with a... A friend yeah. of mine back home who was like, I'm getting into golf. I'm like, oh, okay. You're like, no, you're not. No, you're not, dude. So, <laughs> it's got like, he's got like three kids. Like, you're not yeah. getting into golf. Get the, your <laughs> life's over. You're not doing this. <laughs> you can't afford this. Time or financially. Yeah. Right. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it. I would say my other, like, advice would be to play. Like, Go out yeah. with people who are are would be okay with you kind of knocking it around and get like comfortable on the course. Like if your plan to get into golf is to go pound balls at the driving range, it's it's yeah, not gonna just work. Go, go out there and play. Just yeah. go play. Just go out and play. Play at odd hours. Play in the afternoon. Go play nine. Um, play alone. I know people that do that. I play alone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, like. Just getting out there and hitting balls and starting to kind of understand mm-hmm. what it means to make good contact and all that is totally different than just smacking balls on a driving range, <laughs> you know, shitty old driving range balls. Until you get blisters on, on your on hands. A shitty old driving range mat does absolutely nothing for you. Just messes your back up. It That's all it does. It messes your back up. It gives you bad swing thoughts. Like, find a friend who plays and go out with him or her like two or three times. Yeah. And and then just and then just keep playing. Very good advice. I got a football question. You can Thank sip God. Your beer. I was about to say, did anybody you ask sip you your anything? beer for this Jeez. one? This is a, this is a good one from Alan. Uh, college and pro football trend question. Do you think the role uh, that the role and roster spots of outside linebacker are being transferred to hybrid edge and safeties? And and the answer is yes. And it's hmm. interesting that we. It's interesting to me that we hear teams still sort of talk about guys in the similar lingo like you know when I when someone says linebacker that nowadays that can mean so many different things right so I think that it all depends and I think defenses are so protective of their own language and their own lingo and what they call people like we see a lot of that you know when Don Brown was at Michigan he called the the hybrid edge player or the hybrid space guy you know the the viper and I've heard other people call it um a star or a shark or whatever it might be in your own system. And I think that, um, you know, it is interesting when we look at guys and I know that colleges look at guys from a recruiting standpoint, when they look at kids anymore, I think a lot of it is, is he a front seven player or is he a back seven player? Is he a front level defender or is he a back level defender or is he a mid level defender? And I think those are, those are kind of the buckets um, that we're maybe seeing, you know, sort of divided, I think more, which is, which is interesting, and I think it's an ongoing conversation, and it's one that I don't know that people have caught up on quite as fast as I thought they would, you know, because I think that we've seen this in college a lot, and the NFL is starting to find it, but I see a lot of Lions fans, for instance, struggle more with that concept than college fans. Like Michigan and Michigan State fans, I think, understand this um, faster, or at least sure. they, they, you know, when I when we explain it, they have an example in their head, like, oh, yeah, right. Like, Darius Snow at Michigan State is going to be that kid this year, and Michigan's had several of them. Whereas the NFL, you know, I think it's maybe more a special special role. But we are seeing more of it, and I think that you're also seeing more of a defensive end role changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, and all of it is just being, you're either, 
an interior tackle, an edge who can stand up and cover, a stack linebacker, or you're in the back. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. – and then after that, it gets specialized on out. But it's definitely interesting as, you know, as the rules have changed, as speed has increased, skill has increased. And I think about this all the time, now more than ever, with how my job is. And I know – I'm sure you do too – the specialization of uh, training from high school yeah. athletes – that we see now come through. And I know basketball is the same way. What what you see gained from that and what you see lost from that is always fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like the kids that the kids that spent all the time training with, you know, a pass rush coach or something, a lot of times they have all this really great stuff, but then they don't know how to play like basic play. It's just yes. it's been a fascinating thing to see. And there's times where I don't know. Because sometimes I'll see the specialized kid and I'm like, that kid is a terrific player. And then I'll see the kid that's not, and I'm like, that kid's, you know, so it's, I don't know, but it's it's always fascinating to see, you know, uh, how that thing is kind of, and I know yeah, basketball's kind of going the same way. Yeah, so, and, like, the, the kids who just have, kind of, like, don't have, like, natural athletic instincts uh, in some way, shape, or form, like, I, yeah, I remember yeah. Harbaugh. make had, themselves into a player, yeah. Harbaugh having that quarterback camp, I think I brought mm-hmm. this up before. Harbaugh having that quarterback camp, I had to cover it for you once. I don't know where you were, but yeah. um, I had to go. And it was at Michigan Stadium, and he was hitting pop flies. Is it the baseball? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. hitting pop flies to him. And, like, you can tell. Who can do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> who just has, like, the basic kind of instincts of, like, I'm going to take three steps back first, right? And now yeah. I want to judge it, and I'm going to get under the ball, and I'm going to catch the ball. Versus Without the kid that, like, or, there's no yeah, wincing, right? Yeah. right? And, yeah, and, and right. you lean into catching it and and things like that. Versus Are you an kid. athlete or not? Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's a thing. So, yeah. um, 100%. I know it drives college yeah, coaches what's, what's, crazy. What's crazy yeah. is that, like, before there was used to only be the quarterback camps for these kids. You know, and but now it's oh yeah yeah. I'm sure there's a running back academy and an offensive lineman academy and a middle linebacker academy. Oh yeah, and a wide receiver oh, yeah. camp and this and that and the other thing. And it's Where fascinating. You get pigeonholed I mean, immediately, and how often does that work out? And yeah, I mean, it's like it, what we see. You see a lot in basketball would be like the specialty. Well, I'm a shooter. That's all I am. I'm just a mm-hmm. shooter. Well, what the hell's that? Like, yeah, if like, you don't know how to play the game, you know, like, if all you do is spend all your time, you know, and we used to cover high school sports, I would see it. I would see parents yeah. dump money into that sort of thing. Like, well, my kid is a, you know, a slot receiver. What are you talking about? He's 14. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Right? Like, so, yeah, interesting conversation to be sure. But that's definitely something that is changing in the NFL and in college. I think the college fans would see it more. But the Lions are just switching with – the back and forth with even and odd and people are making too big of a deal of it that I, and I always say this, but it always reminds me of that conversation because it's like, these guys are more interchangeable than people realize. And sometimes bucketing them into positions like that can get a little, a little more. Sometimes I think in the NFL too, it's for money. I think they slot them, you know, and I've seen that with left tackle makes more than a right tackle, right? By tradition, you know, by standard. Mm-hmm. So like, I think sometimes that still has a play in it. It's, it's very interesting. It's an interesting conversation. Um, maybe, not for everybody, but I always find it interesting one way or the other. My last one I've got for you, my man, before I let you yeah. go here, is a wrestling mm-hmm. question. Perfect. Did you did you know that uh, AEW is coming to Detroit later this month? Uh, I did not. And did you know that your guy is going to be there? Uh, AEW will be in at uh, Little Caesars, actually. So for the first, 
they're they're making their first trip to the state, which is insane to me. I don't know. Metro Detroit is home to more wrestling fans per capita than probably any any metro area in the United States outside of Philadelphia. But I digress. The question here, with AEW coming to Detroit this month, I was wondering who your favorite tag team mm. is and who your all-time favorite tag team is. So my current favorite is FTR, uh, who is on, who is part of AEW. What, is, um, what does that stand for? Um, follow the rules, actually, is what that stands for. <laughs> Uh, there's other okay. things that it stands for, but the the inside joke is follow the rules because FTR is the um, they're the quintessential like throwback old school pro wrestling team in that they're like they're what you remember if you grew up and watched '80s pro wrestlers. So they all sure. they make sure if they're a tag team, so they make sure they hold the ropes, they make sure they tag properly, they make sure that they follow all the inside and outside stuff. It's not mm-hmm. they they make it look more real than you know most most would do. I would say, and then my all time favorite. Um, it's probably too hard to put on, but the reason I like FTR, my all-time favorite is Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, and that's who they remind me of the most. So that the Brain Busters or Arn Tully is my all-time favorite. Um, wow! Both heel teams, babyface teams, would be your Steiners or uh, Road Warriors. Would be my favorites. Wow. Yeah, well, I'm very excited for you to yeah. see this when it comes. Now to I'm I'm gonna Detroit. see if I can get anything backstage. Uh, if anybody uh, has got a hookup for your guy here. Uh, in the coming weeks. It. I've already got a couple. I'm already working a few angles, but uh, if we can get anything else, you know where to DM me. But um, wow. that show's coming I up like soon. The, I like using this podcast for your own. I mean, why not? No, sure. <laughs> I mean, hey, shit. Anyone has a nice, uh, while we're doing it, fuck. If anyone has a nice country club invite here in Columbus, I got my sticks with me. I'll be happy to go out and play. Maybe a little double eagle. There you, you go. Know? Yeah, give me, hit your boy up. And maybe um, a little dinner at Urban's Pint House after? Who knows? Obviously. Right? Drinks on me at Urban's Pint House if you get me on at your country club. Um, so I'm thinking oh, back it. to ECW, as I always mm-hmm. do when we talk yeah. about something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And the Dudley boys. They were good. They were good. They were really good. Yeah. Yep. There's a then, lot. That's too hard of a question. So Public Enemy? Wasn't that the other one? They were good. Yeah, they were. Uh, and they went to WCW, I think, in the middle of all that. Uh, Rocco Rock and uh, what was his name? Johnny Grunge. <laughs> yeah, God. Well, you I'm see, ashamed that I remember that, but <laughs> Rocco we Rock. Need, All right, we need. Jesus. If you we want to talk some more wrestling on this podcast, yeah, I want to do a full show on the rise and fall of ECW. Okay, yeah, we can do Let's that. Let's do it. Yeah, we but then I'll at least have points hey. of references where we can talk about. Like I remember Sabu. Sabu was my guy. We um we we told the people we were going to do some sort of deep dive, deep dive show this summer. Okay. Uh, okay. Maybe we'll do Brendan's Brendan's wrestling memories. I don't know. Maybe that's is, that's on the table, folks, as, yeah. as a suggestion. How's that? We'll see if he remembers that uh, down the road. Hell <laughs> yes. In any event, all right. Um, we'll wrap that up. You got anything else? You got any uh? No, other 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 bribes you're looking to put out there, or anything like that. No, all good on that. Okay. Just the, just, right. just the rest of the good bi- work. Bribe. Yeah. Um, yeah, hook up Nick. Let's get him backstage. Let's get him in the ring. <laughs> no, Fuck. no, let's Not go all yeah. the way forward. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the preview pod of that event. When is this happening? Uh, <laughs> end of the month, twenty something, twenty seventh, somewhere in there. Last Wednesday of the month of June. Well, I want I yeah. want a preview pod. I will watch this now. So it'll be June 29th. We can have a, yeah. we can have a pod 29th. afterward where we discuss it. I ask you all my dumb questions. 
Um, yeah. I'm I very. This is this. very exciting development. Um, oh yeah, big big news! Uh, everyone been, coming uh, to town. Yeah, My favorite yeah. podcast is coming to town. They're playing in a oh no kidding Royal Oak in yeah the dollop. Is Are you going? To, is coming to Royal Hell yeah! There you uh, go. I think it's August or October, something like that. But yeah, everyone's coming to town. Love to see it. Love All to right. see it. Well, <laughs> signing off here from Murfield Village. We'll uh, see you in a month. No, I'm just kidding. We'll yeah. see you. Let's <laughs> see if we see it in a couple weeks. We'll get back. We'll get back on track here. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Um, subscribe to the Athletic. Read Nick's stuff. He's been absolutely crushing football. Read my golf coverage because someone has to. And be sure to tip your bartender. And Happy farewell to the county, the place where I.